well, good. Oh, oh I always wanted to do that in church. Make a lot of noise and not get scolding. I read that yawns are contagious. That when you see someone yawn, it makes you yawn also. And they don't know why that happens. They said the only people that don't yawn when they see someone yawning is a person who is schizophrenic or a person who has autism. So I'm going to help you guys out because I didn't see any yawning. (laughs) So I'm going to see if this morning we can sing a yawn. And I had my friend Julia here come and help me. You know, this is Julia, everyone. And she is awesome. This is what we're going to do. Listen to this. I played that for Julia and I told her hey I'm going to try to make the church sing this would you help me and she didn't even think she said oh of course but she said later oh you know I can't sing (laughs) and I said me too (laughs) isn't that so God Isn't that so God? So I want you guys to stand up. You know, actually, when I speak, there's actually people who are sleeping. (laughs) I don't know if Thomas sees that, but when I speak, I always see someone sleeping. So I'm going to make you stand a lot. Because when you yawn, it's not because you're tired. It actually regulates the temperature of your brain. So I'm going to try to regulate the temperature of your brain. So we're going to try this, Julia. Okay, you guys ready? You're going to have to stretch, man. It feels good. It's free. Um, Oh, I forgot to put this chair back. I'm sorry. But this morning, we're going to be looking in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and it is verse 26. And that scripture says, when you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation or a tongue 
or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. That was an example right there. That was like something crazy. And yet we all did it. And we came stronger as a church. This leads to our core value. And our core value is, would you guys read this with me? Ready? Begin. We value every person as beautiful, creative, gifted, and unique, and with something valuable to contribute for the strengthening of the church. Okay, I don't see anyone sleeping yet. So, would you guys stand with me? Stand, stand up. Nobody's sleeping today. It's good for my ego. So, I want you to turn to the person on your right and tell them they're beautiful and give them a hug. <laughs> you're beautiful. All right, so I want you to turn to the person on your left and tell them you're creative and give them a hug. You're creative. You're awesome. You're creative, brother. Love you. <laughs> and I want you to tap the person right in front of you and tell them you're gifted and give them a hug. Whoa! I love that. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Now the person behind you, they're in a unique position. So you turn around and tell them you're unique and give them a hug. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I definitely don't see anyone sleeping. So, now, I want you to declare. I'm going to say something, I want you to repeat it. Kind of like Simon says, but it's Matt Zane says. Okay? I have something valuable to contribute for the strengthening of the church. And that's right. Amen. In Jesus' name. Have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. So, I've always loved bread. My mom tells a story when I was three or four years old. We had a neighbor right next door that once a week he would go and buy bagels. And she said in the afternoon, I would run out to the street and look for his car. I would stalk him into his driveway. And he would give me a bagel. And I remember walking around all day gnawing on a bagel on my finger. It was like my ring. I was so, so happy. 
As I grew up, my brother knew I loved bread. My brother is several years older than me. And so when he was in intermediate school, so if, if you're young, you have to Google that. Intermediate school. It was maybe four miles away from our house, so he would have to catch the bus. But he started bringing me his roll from school every day. So every day, I would walk out to the bus stop and wait for the bus. I was so happy. Wrapped in his napkin from lunch, I got a roll every day. So it's no surprise that I went to Savers a couple months ago, and I see a bread machine. So I buy it. I'm fascinated with that thing. I open the cover, and I watch it for 45 minutes. It mixes the ingredients. I mean, I think I do it so much, my wife, she's asking me, oh, you're going to watch the bread machine? I was like, oh, yeah, good night. And so I pull up a chair, and I, I sit there, and I am amazed. Forty-five minutes. And I'm thinking this whole time, this guy that invented this machine is super smart. I love this man. <laughs> and it made me think of the church that each one of us is like an ingredient. We have something so special. And it's weird at first because we get mixed in with all kind of people different from us. Oh, what's going on? We get needed. And it's like God is trying to soften up our hearts. Once there's a ball, and, and I can't figure out how does it get all the ingredients from the side of this pan into that ball. It goes both ways, and it always gets it all. And there's a period where the dough rests. So it's not always turmoil. There's like a peaceful time. And then there's a little heat that comes out of the machine. And the dough rises. And I thought, wow, isn't that like us? We come together, we work together, and we actually accomplish greater things than we could individually. And then it mixes again, and it smashes the dough back down to a small little ball. And then again, there's a period that it rises. The bread, the dough comes up. And then it bakes. And isn't that like God refining our hearts as we strengthen the church with what we have? Oh, and the smell. Oh, man, I almost pass out. I, I wanted to break big bread here, but we didn't want to burn the school down <laughs> by baking bread, but it is like crazy. And that aroma 
is kind of like what attracts the people to the church. What is that? That smells good. And then they come. And then after two hours and 45 minutes, it's like you get the perfect loaf of bread. But sometimes, for whatever reason, we don't want to bring what we have, our ingredient, and give it to the church. I thought about that as I was making bread. What if somebody was the water in our church and they didn't bring it? This is what the bread would look like. No water. What if someone was the flower? This is it right here. No flower. What about the yeast? So small, but so important. Your bread would look like this. I could knock you out if I hit you with this. <laughs> this thing is like so hard. It's like super hard. This one is no salt. It looks just like the regular bread. No salt, but it's not going to taste the same. What about this one? No butter. I mean, you gotta have butter. It's bread. And this one, no sugar. I didn't actually think it was gonna rise, but it did rise. Because my daughter said it doesn't need sugar. But it's not gonna be as sweet as if we had included the sugar. This one, no milk. It looks the same, but it's not going to taste the same. We all have something valuable to contribute to the strengthening of the church. Last week, there was a new family that came to visit. And so I went up to them to talk to them. And it's not because I'm friendly. It's because the lady had this scooter that I wanted to ride. So I noticed they had a, a child with them. And the week before, I saw Pastor Thomas do something. And so I think to myself, hey, I can do it. If Pastor Thomas can do it, I can do it. So I told them, there's a children's church. And I took them over to the table, and Suzanne and Richard, they helped me, help them fill out the thing. I wasn't sure if there were teachers over there. But I asked Suzanne, yep, they're all set up, ready to go. So I walked them as she strode along with me. Oh, this is super fun. I'm going to have to, I might have to buy one. But... Uh, 
I took them over to the children's church. And the kids were calm in there. The teacher was sitting at the desk talking to the kids. Jenny in one room, Janice in the other room. Janice came up, she greeted them. Welcome, what's your name? How old are you? Come on in. Introduced herself to the parents. And as I was walking back, I thought, wow, these four people, that's the strength of our church. I mean, if I had never walked over there, I would have never saw that. Oh man, this is kind of spooky, but okay, we'll, talk, we'll talk after. God highlighted two people to me, and so I'm going to talk about them. The first one is Bella. That's Bella on the right side. Bella is actually the current reigning Miss Latina Hawaii. She started coming to our church during the summer months. She's not here today because her fiancé's grandfather is sick. So they're visiting. Bella graduated from the University of Hawaii one year ago. And she wants to be a doctor. She's seeking admission to medical school because she wants to end childhood diseases through gene therapy. I thought it would be cool if Bella had come because I would tell her that prophetically, I brought her a tongue depressor, <laughs> that we were like making everybody say, ah, so she was practicing to be a doctor. You know, Bella got quickly involved in our church. She joined the worship team. She has this white, I think it's a fiddle, but it might be a violin. And she has the voice of an angel. Bella has something valuable to strengthen the church. The next person that I want to talk about is Julia. She helped me. I met Julia maybe back in April or May. Yeah. And uh, I just want you to watch this video clip. I found it on YouTube, and I think it says it better than I can. As you may know, I was diagnosed just last year, February uh, 2015. It progressed quickly to metastatic, which is stage four. It is a breast cancer that has moved into my back. So I'm currently undergoing uh, several rounds of chemotherapy and lots of blood tests and scans and fun, fun things. Um, uh, it's a struggle. Um, I ask for your continued prayer. Um, you know, uh, the surface may look like it's all fun and games. I have a chemo. I have a down week. 
I go do some traveling, I go out and play. Um, it's not that simple, um, basically. Um, yes, I have a down 10 days that are really down, um, interspersed with several ups and downs. Um, it is a struggle. Um, it does take all my faith and all uh, my effort to remain positive and smile and try to get the most out of each day. Uh, no day is promised. Um, as a diagnosis, it doesn't look good, um, but in my heart and based on my faith, I, I pray that I have a handful of more years, lots more years. Um, this chemo, I don't lose my hair, so um, along with my smile, I tend to look normal. I tend to look strong, um, so it can be a little deceiving. Um, please know that there's a lot of us out there with metastatic breast cancer that look normal, quote-unquote normal, but our insides paint a different story. Thank you so much, and uh, keep praying. Love you. Julia, she never mentioned she had stage 4 cancer. She's had stage 4 cancer for two years. She talks to me all the time. She's always asking how I'm doing. I only found out a month ago she had cancer. Because she's right. She looks normal. This month is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And the... Susan G. Komen, Hawaii chapter, actually selected Julia as the more than pink inspirational award winner for Hawaii because of her volunteer work, because of her heart. Julia, she watches your toddlers and your babies. And I know when she's in there. Because when I walk into the sanctuary, there is a light I see radiating out of that room. And it's like a bug light to me. I gotta go in there. And it's coming off of Julia. She is radiating God's light, God's love, joy and peace and I feel it so strong and she's giving that to your kids it really convicts me when I see people like Julia because I'm a crybaby if I'm not having fun I don't want to do it if I had cancer I would be playing the cancer card. Hey, can you go make me coffee? Can you get me a donut, the one with freckles on it? Because I'm sick. I don't think I can help you. I'm tired, but not Julia. And you, you would think she is normal. And yet, she says, I hope I live a long time. But as long as I have, I'm going to bless people. I'm going to bless my community. 
I'm going to bless my students. I'm going to bless my family. And I'm going to bless my church. We all have something valuable to contribute for the strengthening of our church. As I was preparing for the message, a hymn came to mind. It's the doxology. Some of you might know it. And it says, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You might be bringing something to strengthen the church. And you might be sitting here this morning and you might be getting weary. You're not visible in the church. You're not up there talking in front of everyone. No one sees me. I feel weary. I'm getting a bitter heart. And this morning, I'm here to tell you that praise changes everything. It'll change your heart. And even though we don't see it, God sees everything. So I want to bring encouragement to you. I saw a video on YouTube. I thought it was the coolest thing. And so I wanted to do it here for you. There are these stars. They're called pulsars. They're pulsating stars. Almost like a lighthouse. You can only see the light when it's turning towards Earth. So that's what gives a star the twinkle. So in space, bless you, because of the vacuum, there is no sound. But these pulsars are giving off electromagnetic waves. And so they spend your tax dollars to actually make sounds from these electronic electromagnetic waves. So I want you to hear it. I want you to hear this. So constantly, 24 hours a day, it's pulsating, and this is the sound the star is singing. Whoa, that was a, that was a beat in there. So it's almost humpback whale time here in Hawaii. Did you know that they come to Hawaii from November to May? And Hawaii is the only state where the humpbacks come to mate, to calve, and to nurse their little baby whales. This is the only state. So I thought, hey, what if we hear the humpbacks singing? Because they're always singing. They say the humpbacks are whales that sing. What would that sound like? This is the humpback singing. So what if we put the humpback and the pulsar together? What if 
like what the doxology is saying, that God created pulsars and humpbacks to praise Him. What if they were constantly praising God? Now what if we joined in? Would we bring what we have thinking it was valuable? Why don't we try it? Why don't we stand up and we'll try to praise Him? Thank you, brother.
You are beautiful, creative, gifted. and unique. You are God's plan A. There is no plan B. Would you bring whatever you have and let's build up the body of Christ. Can we pray?